Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, we've had enough. No! Uh, David Anthony, what have you had enough of? So many things. So many things, my friend Tim Cripps. What have you had enough of? Politics. What have you, what can you never have enough of? I could never have enough sour gummy worms. Ooh, good answer. Except that you can. Yeah, that, you get do. the canker sores. It's bad news. Ooh, terrible, terrible. This is our podcast. It's called As You Were, a podcast about canker sores. Well, this is My basically, name... what is it? Michael and Michael Eat Snacks? Yeah. Remember? Michael and Michael, um, the Sklar brothers, um, go to <laughs> Hey, everyone, remember movies. 2007? <laughs> Which one is it, Andy or Pete? My name is Tim, and my twin, David, is at his home, um, which is not my home. Mm-hmm. We we uh, decided after we were separated that we should live separately, mm-hmm. and so I have an extra bunk bed for rent and um, and a podcast. It's a podcast about Alkaline Trio, and we're here this week to do an episode of it. We are here this week to do this episode of it, real time. Can you real time yeah. podcast? Um, I think that's called living, like mm, like yes. having a conversation. Because you know this thing, it's just like it's just two two white dudes hanging out talking about punk music, and it's just like you you kind of just got to be there. Mm-hmm. I did uh, make a joke to a friend today, which is a thing I might uh, institute, which is I might start a Patreon for my friendship, where if you want to continue to be friends with me, you have to give me money every month. And there's like different levels of like, if you want my phone number, you have to be a premium friend. Nice. Not to be you confused think I with get premium in on that? blend. Well, it depends on what <laughs> tier you want to get in. Um. Well, we have a podcast for our Patreon. We have a Patreon for our podcast. It's uh, it's podcast.com slash as you were Patreon. Mm-hmm. And um, but this week on the page on the podcast, the, the regular podcast, we're talking about the Alkaline Trio song. We've had enough. It's the second song on Good Morning. Also, the first single. Uh, there's something I want to talk about with that note, and I'm glad that's how you introed it, is I feel like the first single from every record in the 2000s from this band is a song that at a certain point they basically like throw away because it didn't catch. Um, <laughs> it's like, true. Stupid Kid is one of those songs. And here's the thing. In almost, I would say with In Vain being the big exception. I like all the other ones like time to waste Mm -hmm. is an all timer, but it's not like they play it very much. Mm -hmm. Only in the past five years have they busted this one back out. Stupid kid. They like never fucking play. All those are good songs. And I would say uh, for the first two stupid kid and we've had enough. 
honestly, they make the most sense as the lead single from each respective record, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that they make the most sense because they're intended to make the most sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I would speculate that a reason that they don't get played too often is because there's probably a complicated relationship with them. Oh, I'm sure. I've kind of always speculated that personally, where it's just like Stupid Kid was the first one I felt that way about, where I was like, this is a good pop punk song. Just kind of is. Mm -hmm. But they like, I think I've seen them play it maybe twice, and I've seen them 30 fucking times. You know? So it's Uh like, it's not like they really kept this one in rotation a lot. And, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for a band that like, doesn't just play the hits, but that's kind of what they do. They're just not what like are sometimes the songs they thought were going to be hits. You know, they have a very weird relationship with that. Like they didn't try to shove mm -hmm. it down people's throats in the way that you need to, if you're going to make a hit song, a hit song. Yeah. I think that they, they're an interesting case of a band that I think got to a point where they're in a position to write songs with the intention of it being a lead single and it being, you know, a radio song. Um, no, that song's that's called what, radio. That's a radio song. That would make a great first single. Mm-hmm. From an album <laughs> on Asian man records in the year 2000. Yeah. I mean, so we, we um, have obviously talked a lot about transitioning from, Asian Man Records to Vagrant and Vagrant being in a position where they were red fucking hot. Mm -hmm. So a single and a video is part of the whole deal. And I think that these are two songs that are, excuse me, written for that purpose. And it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting moment where you see a band who has achieved quite a lot very naturally. And now they are trying to do something that is on a whole different level of, of thinking and, and um, I guess like presentation. And this band has never really, um, thought too much about like how they are presented outside of just this is it yeah and i think the issue kind of comes up so i kind of like the music video for this song um yeah i mean it's very of its time and it's very like uh sixth sense inspired which is weird but like That's, that's a statement yeah but like you know it's ultimately good I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I similarly like the Time to Waste video, which is also, Mm -hmm. like, goofy but kind of fits the vibe. Most of their other videos are not good. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Goodbye Forever being maybe the only example, but that's a whole... I love the Goodbye Forever. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, yeah, there is... I think the weird thing with them, and especially around this record is it is the point where like old fans can be like, Oh, they're trying to sell out just because of the aesthetic change, like the cover of the record, 
mm-hmm. the suits ties. Granted, you know, you watch the the live video of the goddamn early show when they're wearing dress shirts and tie like, you know. Right. And Brendan yeah, yeah, hit yeah. on that when he uh your best friend Brendan when he joined the podcast. Um that they were out kind of out ahead of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a another podcast, me and Brendan, it's called Road to the Skeleton Coast. Um and it's the best podcast. It's about the, the movie world. The Skeleton Key. Yeah. Mm. And which I love. Uh wait, who's in the skeleton key? It's okay. Go ahead. I honestly don't know. Um uh, but I feel like, you know, this is the type of thing where they I think it, there are certain people who definitely fell off as soon as Infirmary was out. But this was mm-hmm. like the full purge. Like it's it's the moment when you're in a band where it's like, you better be gaining two new fans for everyone you're losing. Which they did. <laughs> um Yeah, they totally did. It but still on like the their like weird alkaline trio terms. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that what is interesting if you look back at Vagrant is that they sure they have like the budget for every band to like have a single that has a video that is played on MTV two or um, f- fuse mm-hmm. in in Canada. Um, I think it was much music then. I don't know if it was fuse just yet, but yeah, at some point, um, Stephen's Untitled Rock Show and uh, the the woman who played Shauna Mallwhite Tweep on Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, um, weird. She was always cute. Um, so, but. It's it's also like if you look at those videos, if you look at like the budget that went into that, sure it was a lot bigger than an Asian Man Records, but it was no MCA. No, and really you have you have videos that are that are slightly higher budget than no budget, but pretty minimal in comparison so i mean yeah this this video though more stylized than what came before it was definitely not an expensive thing it's just they were in a room and there's a lot of like graphics that come secondary um and it's funny neither was the sorry neither was the dashboard confessional video for screaming infidelities it just so happened that dashboard confessional fucking work well i mean like i even think of the action and action video by get up kids which to me is very iconic but that's like a Mm -hmm. no money video and even by the time of like fuck i forget if it's guilt show or uh on a wire but there was a music video for one of the songs that's literally just like in a bar and it's just spinning around you know like Uh these are like we have six hours kind of videos yeah totally Um, which like remember honestly, the saves the day video for the um not for not for at your funeral it was for that slow song in the middle but it was of like weird muppets and they oh, were oh yeah it's not good no i mean at your funeral sim- similar it's just like one take shit happening mm-hmm. behind um but i was gonna say you brought up uh fuse or much music i forget what it was but i remember when this record came out because like like my mom had just gotten like cable for the first time or like uh-huh. satellite, like some sort of TV package. So we got much music for a spell. And then when this record was coming out, they did like one of those hour long, like Alkaline Tree was going to be in the studio to talk about the record and play songs. And they were doing uh-huh. like acoustic versions of songs off this record. And like, I know they did Emma. I think they might've done all on black. Um, and uh-huh. I just remember it because it was like, Dan looked so out of place. Like he almost like he stumbled in Uh like out of a gap commercial 
next to Matt. Yeah. He's wearing like a black beanie that's like almost to his eyes and a Christian death t-shirt. And it was just like <laughs> such a fucking weird scene where I think like that's they still kind of dressed like normal people, but we're trying to have an aesthetic and it just did not mesh at all. <laughs> it's also funny that when this record came out and they played Conan O'Brien, <sighs> they played all on black. They didn't play the single. I think it's the same thing. Cause they did, they did Conan and they did Letterman uh-huh. and both times. I think they played all on black, which like, don't get me wrong. I think is a better song. But yeah, what the fuck are you thinking about? Like, right? Just make that the single. I just it could have been as <laughs> I've always felt like they've had a bit of that energy to them, which is good and bad. Where like, uh huh. On Crimson, I think you can make the argument that like the three singles from that record, I think to me are probably about the smartest choices you could make, which are "Time to Waste," "Mercy Me," and "Burn." In terms mm-hmm. of sonic range. Right. And like someone who's maybe into something else hearing one of those three and getting on board. Mm-hmm. Um But I feel like that's the time they really kind of align and we're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna go on um it wasn't Craig Ferguson yet. What was his fucking name? Um whoever it was. Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn, and we're gonna play Burn, and Matt's gonna dress like a nineteen thirties magician. Like, with the hat and the fucking weird suspenders, weird choices. But I feel like in this era, to your point, they were still very, like, oh, that's a single. We don't want to play the single. We're not going to play the single. We're going to be cool. Yeah. And, but Matt's going to look like, I, I don't even know how to describe how he looks in that fucking Letterman one. It's nuts. It's so funny. Yeah, there is, sorry, I don't know if you're picking up on the fact that there's, an enormous dog and now a siren. Um, it is, it's a funny thing. And I think about, uh, I think about Midwestern bands who, um, find a way to, uh, like shoot themselves in the foot when they're trying for self-preservation purposes. Um, but it's, it has always like felt, confusing with the alkaline trio more confusing than most where Mm -hmm. it's it's like the aspirations are there but they're not even like it's not like they're trying to hide it it just seems like they got distracted by uh a squirrel outside (laughs) i mean that's the thing it's just like i you know there's they're they're just such an interesting band and i think for me as a kid, like that's why I love them is because they were this kind of duality between like being really done up and made up and then just being dudes in street clothes, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I think they played CBGBs on this record cycle. Um, like there's a video of it online and it's awesome. Um, so it's Mm. like, I think they've kind of always just had this weird fucking like identity thing where it's like, they, they just kind of want to be whatever they're into at the moment, which is fine. Yeah, and I, totally. And I think bands tend to be, you know, age better when they aren't just like, and this is not a diss to like a bad religion or whatever or rancid because they're good bands, but like they do a thing, you know? And like when bad religion yeah. tried to not do a thing, it went very poorly for them. So they went back to just doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just kind of always preferred bands that don't see their sound as like a very rigid idea. Um, 
Yeah, I think Rancid is a great example of um, a a band who didn't really change anything about their aesthetics or their songs, but they took a platform that they had and they said, okay, cool, let's like make what we are seem more than most people would consider it to be. You know, there's so much sensitivity in Rancid during Out Come the Wolves, and those videos reflect that. Well, and I think, you know, they are also the type of band where from very early on, they have such a range of sound, you know, Mm -hmm. that like, I was talking about them a few weeks ago, but I was just like, the first Rancid record I heard was Let's Go. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, there's a song like Nihilism, yeah. But then there's like salvation and it's just like these two things are like really different and there's so much of the ska elements in there that like you kind of just have to be like, yeah, this I, I like Rancid. I don't like this sound, you know, and I mm-hmm. think that's those have always been some of my favorite bands. And I think what sucks is when a band you like who is doing that kind of thing loses sight of that they can just be who they are and do what they want to do that's when you went up with like agony and irony, this addiction, my shame is true. Right. Like not knowing what they want, want to be or not feeling comfortable in being who they are. So they try to be what they think people want. And that's just, that doesn't always produce good art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you can sort of get a, an idea that like wherever they were, they outline trio pronouns, pal, um, they weren't comfortable with doing the full leap. They also like wanted to clearly, but something wasn't following something within all of this. But I think that the important thing and really the reason that we're all here uh, to talk about this song this week is, do you want to hear the story of when I met Keith Morris? Absolutely. Well, I was um, I was in Austin. I went to South by Southwest, and because you're an industry influencer, I'm an industry influencer who had just turned 21 years old Uh and learned in Austin, Texas, that they have the thing called open bars. So um, Sunday we left, and shout out to my friend Nick, who I went to Austin with. We almost missed our plane because I had to get off the bus and throw up. Um, But we did make it to the airport, and I was sitting there, and I had a, a coffee and a Gatorade. And I look over, and I'm like, that mu- that white man with dreadlocks that's Keith Morris. Mm -hmm. And so being, you know, a normal person, I jump up and run over and I say, Keith, Hey, cause he'd played, um, he, he, I saw municipal waste that weekend, um, before I blacked out. And that makes a, a, a more appropriate sentence has never been spoken. Um, shout out to me six years sober uh as of this past sunday um here's a good reason why but that day i had um bumped into dan yemen Mm -hmm. randomly told him how great he was and then i went and i saw no effects play punk and drublick blacked out after linoleum Ah, um 
only song I knew all the words to anyway. So, uh, but I'd, um, I'd seen, uh, municipal waste play and Keith Morris was just singing on stage and like, you know, just there, it was cool. Um, and yeah, after I blacked out, um, I remember coming to, and I had my arm around Ben Nichols and I was like, fucking, you have no idea that much further West. Are you fucking kidding me with that record? And then I blacked out again. But anyway, so I run over to Keith Morris, I'm sweating booze and he's walking through the airport and I say, Hey Keith, uh, how you doing? I, I saw you last night with municipal waste. And he was like, uh-huh. And I was like, so where are you headed? Home. I was like, oh, home. Where where are you living? And he's like, Los Angeles. And I was like, yeah, I knew that. All right, well, great seeing you. Um, never Oof. stop anyone at an airport, um, especially Keith Morris. And uh, learn to take a hint is basically what it comes down to. This has been a great episode of Lessons Learned with Tim Crisp. Um, Eat before you drink, too. Yeah. Um, love that. That is a... Having read Keith Morris's autobiography, biography, I forget which, um, which is fine, that tracks. He seems like the type of person who is aggressively hot and cold. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not entirely surprising. Yeah. I don't know how to like deal with Keith Morris as a like living personality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say that like the first circle jerks LP group sex. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Got it really young, deeply mm. important to me. Um, to a degree where like it really overshadows like black flag material to me. Like it, like wow. I would pick that over a lot of classic punk or hardcore stuff. It's like, it's a record I really vibe on still to mm-hmm. this day. It's a great record. Um, but there's not a lot else he's done that I care that much about. Oh yeah. You, you weren't too into off. No. I mean, I was more of a midget hand job guy. <laughs> uh, his unfortunate, Sh- like, weird art rock band from the 90s. Um, Shout out to um, our friends at Axe to Grind. I think the moment I fell in love with that podcast was the moment I heard them ripping on that band off. Yeah. Because nobody that I knew that liked hardcore or punk liked that band. I don't get it, it to this day. It was such a it was such a good way to tell where people got their music from because everybody that I knew in college who liked that band was a friggin' art school dick. Yeah, I mean, I remember when that band started and being kind of excited because it was just like, ah, this could be interesting. And I remember like the first thing they put out was that like four seven inch box set is like their first album with like the Pettibone art and stuff. And I was like, oh, this could be cool. And I was like. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's fine, you know. And and I so think it's just the, fine. I think that's the thing is like you know, um, sometimes you just make one 
fucking like perfect record and that's kind of it and that's all right like i i think keith morris has contributed to a lot of other cool songs like the nervous breakdown ep mm-hmm. there are other good circle jerk songs um his inclusion on this as we've discussed before is just weird because it's like this band aside from the tim mickelrath like song they don't really use guests in a super effective way like mm-hmm. they're kind of always hidden like him like Keith Morris doing the nose here or uh your best friend Brendan doing the let's go and um mm-hmm. I want to be a warhol apparently like they only allow people to sing words that end in o uh <laughs> their thing but i don't know like it's kind of cool here it's like a weird thing to just sneak in there and this song i think too like you know it's got the walk among us reference like they were trying mm-hmm. to be like Hey, uh, fuck the radio. Here's cooler stuff to listen to while still trying to get the song play on the radio. And I remember so vividly the first time hearing it on Q101, the local like alt rock station. And as soon as it was over, he was like, uh, that was Alkaline Trio with, uh, we've had enough. Um, that song was about turning off the radio. So I'm not sure why we played that. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I love that. Um, I also love, um, the first time I heard it, which was on the demo. And I think that this is the one song from that demo that really got a lot of juice put into it. Yeah. It was a pretty scrappy song on the demo. The nose weren't there and that those nose sound very, very like somebody said, Hey, bring in keith morris and he'll do the he'll do nose and it'll be good it'll be a good hook it'll be a necessary little uh bit of flair to throw on here but yeah i um honestly i know that um demoitis is a term Mm -hmm. that people use um but basically i think it applies to really anything where the first version of the song that you hear is going to be the one that you probably resonate with the most. Mm-hmm. I know that like I prefer um I prefer a lot of Smoking Pope's material uh as it is performed on their live in 98 record oh. um with a, a lot of those songs from the Capitol disco- uh the Capitol records. Makes sense. Um feels weird saying Records that came out on Capitol Records, but saying Capitol Records because that's I digress. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know this song. Yeah, it it felt like it really got like a little bit of like uh, testosterone, human growth hormone. The song really feels like it got some human gro- growth hormone injected into it, um, which is cool. Um, but it, as far as like. The first side of Good Morning, which we're concluding now, oh, yeah. it's it's not it's the weakest, which is yeah, it's not a weak song, but yeah, kind of just exists for me. I I was thinking about that today too, where it's just like it's one of those weird songs where I'm like I like it, but it's one of my lesser favorites, probably on the record as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that just speaks to the quality of the album. But like, yeah, it's also one that like when they started playing this one live again, I was like, it's cool. I don't really need this, but like, it's cool. You know, you know it just it's mm-hmm. kind of always been my vibe is like, 
I think they took their shot, weren't really confident in doing so, and you get what you get sometimes. It's such a half step, you mm-hmm. know? It's um I I do love the bridge a lot. Yes. I think it's got a really, really nice just it just flows really well. It like kind of falls into it. And I think that there, I actually think that this is a great Matt um, vocal performance. That's something that I was really, really um, keying in on. Cause this song, yeah, it's, it's at this point, mostly just kind of passes me over, but I think the guitars sound great. And I think just that dun, 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 which I can't remember if they did it before that Foo Fighters song, oh, which was yeah. just based around that exact same thing. Um, but yeah, this is a really good Matt vocal performance in particular. I would agree. And I think obviously his voice being a little more shredded really adds to it. Um, mm-hmm. I really like, I always think it's very hard to base a song um, rhythmically around a drum roll which is a lot Mm. of what that riff is kind of anchored by. And Mm. I think it's why it makes that bridge feel really natural because it's just he's like, you know, kind of slips off and just does more singular hits. Um, But this is also one of the few songs where like every time I hear it, I'm like this every time they try to do that sound effect shit, this is what they're shooting for because this is where I really like Mm. it with that big like gong sound Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. of like augmenting it where I'm like, it's just subtle enough. It fits in with the riffs. It fills in a little bit of space. Like I can't hate on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then they don't do it that well a lot of times. So yeah, that is I love, is. I think that it's really cool the way um, uh, this could be love ends and the way that this one starts. It feels like those sounds are connected. Um, and I think good morning has a really good, cohesion in that way because you know you also hear some of that mellotron organ on 100 stories yeah and i think that this this record like it does start off super well and it really like brings you into that vibe um that really happens on the you know tracks four five and six um with the aid of not only just like the way the tracks flow, but there are some things that are kind of happening on top and underneath that I think like really create to me, like it's their most cohesive album full stop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I don't think there's any argument to be made about another record being this singularly having such a singular vision and the tones, all the things just really kind of settling in, you know, it's, it's an impressive record for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, and, uh, as your best friend, Brendan said, it's a reason it's a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that guy. Uh, we were talking earlier today and yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's cool. What do you rate this song? Oh, um, uh, four, four out of five. We give it three and a half. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. We're good. We're good. We're just, you know, you and me just talking like we do. Mm hmm. Uh, 
We hope that you haven't had enough of us. We haven't had enough of you or each other. Uh, this is our podcast. It's called As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. We talk about Alkaline Trio songs and just life, you know, just mm-hmm. like hanging. Uh, we have a Patreon. patreon.com slash as you were. You can pledge a monthly amount to give us some uh, some funds to keep the lights on. And we can give you some cool stuff in uh in exchange for that it's kind of how it works over there um we do this because it's a good it's a good way to catch up and to fill each other in on uh the good and bad and the the in between (laughs) in our lives and we hope that it finds you well we hope that you're staying uh positive during this time and also uh hoping that you're if you're not doing a physically if you're not doing it physically that you're pulling down some statues in your mind in your imagination we'll be back next week thanks bubba